Welcome and thank you for joining Save Our Sisters Unplugged. If you're ready to hear the survival to success stories of brave and intelligent women, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be letting our hair down and gaining insight into how women have overcome their life struggles. My name is Noreen Foy and I'll be your host. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Today's guest is the owner of Louisa Valentine LLC. She is certified confidence and weight loss coach, a BSN registered nurse, co-founder of a nonprofit aimed at healing and spirituality, and a fitness enthusiast. Finally, she empowers women to shift their mindsets and transform their outcomes. Here to tell us how she broke free from people pleasing, it is my honor and my pleasure to introduce Miss Louisa Valentine. Welcome, girly. Thank you. Thank you so much, Noreen. It is a pleasure to be here, and I absolutely love everything that you do and what you and your platform stands for. Oh, thank you so much. I wasn't expecting that. Thank you for the compliment. So true. So. I am very glad that we're having this discussion because we do live in a world where societal expectations and the desire for approval often dictates our actions. Um, It is so easy to find ourselves trapped in the cage of people pleasing and we mold our behaviors, suppress our true feelings, and we often lose sight of who we really are. Since you've navigated this intricate path and came out stronger on the other side, why don't you tell us... uh, a personal experience or a story that highlights the moment that you um, realize the importance of setting boundaries in your life? Oh, okay. So (laughs) actually, people pleasing had been something that has been a part of my life since I was a young child. And I always enjoyed making people like me as a person. Uh, As we had discussed, it was something that came from not quite always fitting in with everyone else because I'm of a mixed background. So if I can't fit in with you this way, what can I do to make myself more acceptable in your presence? So that carried along. And in adulthood, probably the last five or six years or so is when it really started to bring me down. It's really when that rubber band got to that snapping point where I couldn't do it anymore. And people pleasing became a mask for what I really could accomplish. And I started snapping at people. I was frustrated. I was unhappy and I was blaming other people for me not having any boundaries. I was blaming them for taking advantage of my kindness, my niceness, when really it was on me because I was not putting up any boundaries. And it took me snapping at somebody I was in a relationship with when once again, he had asked something of me and it just felt like too much. It felt like I was never able to give enough because everybody always wanted more. And I just, I I can remember the day, I can't remember the argument vividly, 
but where my brain was like, you need to get away from everybody. You need to just go sit by yourself for a minute. And that was when I started to really look inward. And could I really blame everybody else if I kept making myself available to them? If I kept saying to my patients, here, take this from me. I don't need a break. I don't need to sit down. You need this? Okay, so my lunch can wait. My bathroom break can wait. Or to my family, whenever I was ready to do something for myself, for my own health even, it was like, oh, I need you to take care of me. I need you to take me to this place. I need you to drive me to the doctor's office. I need you to drop this off at the post office. And then my wishes kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed back to the side. So I just started one day after that self-reflection to create boundaries where I didn't go full throttle where it was like, okay, 100%. I went from doing everything to doing nothing because I would not have been able to maintain that. So I put up small boundaries and then I would see, how do I feel? And it felt, it felt good to be able to put myself first. It felt good to say, oh, I don't have to do everything for everyone in my life. The world is not going to fall apart. Right. I love that. I love what you did. You set your boundary and then you checked in with yourself to see how you were feeling about the boundary that you set. So give me some examples of what boundaries you set. So something as simple as I need you to drive me to the store. And let's say my plan was to go work out in the gym. In the past, I would have said, all right, fine. I guess I can go to the gym later. And then later would never come. So I would say, okay, I can't do this right now. I have this planned for myself. But once I'm done, maybe we can revisit it if you still need me. Mm -hmm. And like that's where it started. So where it's still not a full out no every time now, but because I continue to build that muscle, that boundary muscle, Mm -hmm. I can say no. I can say no as a complete sentence. No, not today. Exactly. Yes. I love it. So what do boundaries mean to you? And do you believe that they are essential for maintaining mental and emotional well-being? Oh, 1000%. They are necessary to create that space for our own well-being and boundaries are where we are able to put our needs first when it is necessary we are allowed to prioritize ourselves our wants our needs our goals and not put everyone else above us everyone else ahead of us and Without these boundaries, my mental health was suffering. I was becoming frustrated. I was unhappy. I was snapping at the people that I loved because 
I did not put up boundaries. Yeah. Your mask was falling off. You couldn't keep up your own facade. So how did you feel about that? Like once you started falling apart, you're like, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep this up. I just need to set my boundary and just let it go. At first it hurt me because I saw my self-worth in what I was able to do for others. So if I couldn't do for you and I had to put myself first, then where was the value in that? Right. So I had to learn to value myself as a person and not for the actions that I completed for others. Hmm. I really like that because... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm always like boundaries. Give me six feet. I mean, COVID was the perfect example of how we all had to practice boundaries. You know, we're holding everyone accountable now. The minute you hear a cough, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> how far back are you? Are you in my boundary zone or what? <laughs> no lies. And close talkers. Those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a boundary I've always been good at. The close talkers. Oh. I've had some coworkers where it was like doing a dance. Yeah. They take a step forward. I'd go back. Yeah. Or even those people that ask you your personal business, because there's different types of boundaries that you really have to set. I mean, you have your personal space. That's a yeah. boundary. But then you have the boundary like, hey, I'm not wanting to do this. This is against my values. This is against my morals, my standards. I'm not doing this. Even with a partner. Maybe they want to do something physically that you're like, mm -mm, not my thing. Put that away. We're not doing that. <laughs> yes, yes, that is so very true. And that's a boundary that a lot of people are afraid to put up because they're afraid their partner won't be attracted to them. Yeah. Won't respect them. Yeah. Or they'd leave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Worst case scenario. Let's say domestic relationships. Clearly, there's boundaries being crossed there. There's physical abuse, there's emotional abuse, sexual abuse. You know, there's a lot happening in there. And I want to say women in my parents' age bracket, um, I don't think they knew that they could set the boundary because they are of a time where, you know, men are the kings of the castle and the women are not the neck. We didn't come to be the neck until maybe my generation. <laughs> Yes. You know, no. and they didn't have as much freedom and they were very timid people and they didn't really um, express themselves as much. Some people don't know that they can set those boundaries. So what can you tell those people that are not sure if they can set those boundaries? Start small. Don't try to do an overhaul because when we try to put up those boundaries that are bigger than we can hold on ourselves, mm -hmm. they're, being, they're going to be knocked over immediately because it's too big for you. Just like working out, just like with a weight, you're not going from I've never lifted a weight in my life to now I'm benching 100 pounds. <laughs> you can't do it. It's the same concept start small and see how you feel as you build and get comfortable there set another boundary set a stronger boundary and 
always reassess, always come back to yourself. See how you truly feel. Because like I said, at first I felt guilty. Once I got past that and saw how putting up the boundary and having it respected felt, mm-hmm. that guilt went out the window because now it was like, oh my, I, I felt powerful. Yeah, I was like, I wow. It's like, okay, respect. And the world did not come crashing down. So it yeah. was that beautiful combination. Yeah, tapping into their power by boundary setting. I like that. I really like that concept because some people don't know how strong they are. Yeah. There's strength in the word no. <laughs> there is strength and power in that word. And standing in your conviction on it because you could say no yeah. and then they'll sweet talk you mm-hmm. into a yes. You yeah. know, and if you've ever been a teenage girl, child, <laughs> you can get talked into, okay, you want to skip class today? Okay. I'll, I'll go skip class and then you I'll just deal with my parents later you know well, I'll take the right. zero pass and you kind of like account for it you know for breaking your own boundaries because even um, with jobs you know trying to set those boundaries at work let's let's go there yeah. how do you really set effective boundaries at work okay so in the workplace our bosses just like anybody else is going to put on you whatever you allow. And it may not be within your scope. It may not be your job, but they will want to get the most out of a single person that they can so that they do not have to hire supplemental employees. Mm -hmm. So knowing this, it is okay to say, I have this on my plate. This is my responsibility right now. And I want to do it to the best of my ability. And I cannot do that if I'm taking on these additional responsibilities. Or I would even say, and I've done it myself in the past, I can take on these responsibilities, but then these are going to get put to the side for the time being. Is that what you're saying you would like me to do in this moment? Instead of just saying, okay, I'll take that on and this. And now you're overwhelmed. You're yeah. crazy and overworked. You have all this anxiety about it because like, oh my God. I And I think people are afraid to set boundaries at work because they don't want to get fired. Or they're thinking, yeah. oh, well, if he doesn't think that I can do this, if I say no to this, then he may never give me a big project. He may never think that. I can do this or he will never see my strengths, you know, how can I tackle all this? But then when you set those boundaries, like you said, it just really sets the tone because sometimes they will intentionally push you to see how far they can go. I have no problem setting boundaries at work. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And because by the time I've gotten to my current career, I've luckily built up that boundary muscle that like you I am also like "Mm, nope I'm sorry this this does not fall within my scope at the moment are you trying to change that exactly (laughs) and you may not say that right off the bat it depends on the relationship you have with that supervisor 
But you can definitely let them know that you have X amount on your plate and you would love to help, but you need to either be compensated for it to help you feel better about right. all of this, or they need to find somebody else or split up the work. It's different when it's a temporary thing. If you're covering somebody for a few days or even a week, but there are times they want to throw this caseload on you for months at a time where it becomes a norm and then they may not even hire that new employee. Yeah. I've had that happen in the workplace. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. So now it becomes part of your your daily routine. They yes. took it at, did they present So was it presented as, "Hey, I need your help." And then it was when you've done so well with it, I think we're going to leave it with you. They don't even say the we're going to leave it with you. So my my first career registered nurse and I used to work night shift. And we were very short where it was two nurses for 19 patients on a telemetry surgical floor, which is heart monitor, post-surgical patients. Mm -hmm. And that meant one nurse had nine patients and the other one had 10. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's been a little while. I'm lying. It was 21 patients on the floor. So one had 10 and one had 11. Oh, and wow. they were they were leaving us like this regularly while day shift would have five registered nurses for the same amount of patients. Mm. And then one day I had to say to my supervisor and then her supervisor, because I was not being heard, we need help and we are becoming burned out. We are not going to be able to safely take care of these patients. And you have so many staff members during this shift with so many little during this night shift. How are you going to help us keep the patient safe? Right. And then some of my coworkers were not happy with me. But they floated until they decided to now finally hire nurses because they saw that we were not going to continue to take this abuse and put our patients at risk. But they floated a day shift nurse to the night shift where we could more evenly distribute the work and give the patients the best care that they deserve. And that's the end goal anyways, to give the patients the best care. That's everyone's uh, slogan. Yes, yes, exactly. And that can fall into any category of a career because you want to be able to do your best at your job. You don't want to give it a half effort because you're overwhelmed or because you're being pulled in so many directions. So that goes for your career, your life, your kids, your house, your husband, your partner. If you're just being pulled, 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 where you have nothing of yourself, what are you left with? Exactly. Giving scraps, giving scraps to everyone else. And then ultimately yourself, you receive scraps. Yeah, I agree. 
I really like that. And I'm glad that you stood up for yourself because even if you've moved on to a different job, that sets the tone for the night shift period. Even in schools, they have to have a, a certain amount of teachers to student ratio. So why would that be any different in the healthcare world? Exactly. If you want to give the best education, if you want to give the best product, if you want to give the best care to your patients, you have to be properly staffed. Absolutely. It's a golden rule. So I like that that was a good instance where you establishing your boundaries led to a positive change in your work life. Yeah. How did it establish a positive change in maybe your relationships or even in your self-care? Oh, yeah. So this is how I began my fitness journey because my even going into coaching, it stemmed from me training and becoming my own coach first Mm. because I was that person who was letting their health fall to the wayside. I wasn't taking care of myself. My clothes kept shrinking and it wasn't because I had to keep washing them and they were shrinking. It was because I was increasing in size. And while that may seem as something very superficial, it was so much more than that. And Mm -hmm. so once I started telling people in my life that, no, I can't go to happy hour today. I live in New York. We're a big happy hour state. (laughs) Um, I can't go to happy hour today because I'm focused on eating right and eating healthier. And right now that doesn't include alcohol or I can't take you to the airport because I have my own appointment with getting a massage because that's something that helped me feel good and it was good for my mental health. And just being able to stand up and say, I'm important, I deserve my time just as much as anybody else does. Mm-hmm. That's really helped me in my journey. And even thinking of a specific situation, I remember that same partner. He wanted, he wasn't driving at the time. He had wanted me to drive him to work. Uh, it was a weekend day, train service, not great. And I I just I didn't want to. There wasn't anything else to it. I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to do it. It was my one day off. I was still working nights at the time. And yes, he got upset, but it felt good for me to be able to stand up for myself when in the past I would have reluctantly said, okay, let me, let me give you a ride and blah, blah, blah. And then I felt disgruntled and tired or whatever else that I was feeling in the moment instead of, okay, I'm empowered. We'll work through this later on. Right. But right now I'm empowered and there was nothing wrong with him taking the train and making it to work on his own like the big boy that he is. (laughs) I love it. Let's empower you. You can do this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, 
Uh, he just, he just liked to sleep in. That was his issue. Oh, he wanted to sleep in. So when he has to take the train, he has to get up a little bit earlier to meet the train schedule. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so oh, he'll be all right. Exactly. Because it was like, okay, inconvenience me to convenience him. Yeah. So that that's what it was in that moment. I mean, and, when you break it down like that, yeah, that's really what it is. Yeah, because uh, if you got up on time, you would not be in a rush. You could go and it would be easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. <laughs> when he got home from work that day, how did you guys smooth that over? He was a little cranky for a little bit, but. We had a discussion where I let him know that it wasn't fair to me to have to always overcompensate for what he needed to do. And it wasn't that I would never do it for him, but one, we should plan it in advance yeah. or save it for when he truly needed it, not last minute get up get dressed I need you to take me to work so it became more of a discussion where it was like oh okay yeah I can't just spring it on her when it's not really an emergency and expect her to give in just roll with it yeah yeah I love it. And especially if you're going to frame it up, like get up, get dressed. I need you to take me somewhere. Like if you frame it up like that, you get no hard side eye and an <laughs> I, absolute no as a sentence. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think he said it as harshly, but that was pretty much the gist. <laughs> it was like last minute. Hey, can you drive me to work? I want to sleep for a little bit longer or I'm not ready. He did say something about not being able, not being ready to get up yet. He wanted to sleep in and it was like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So can you share any other challenges that you face while transitioning from uh, a people pleasing mindset to a more boundary focused mindset? Oh, there have been times where I have backslid I tried creating that big boundary and it was like uh <laughs> I can't really carry this right now and then like you were talking about earlier you can get sweet talked out of it oh come on please or are you sure you really can't do it and just thinking about maybe something that seems fun and it is fun going out you know for a night out with my friends mm -hmm. and they're like oh really you're not gonna come out like we haven't seen you even though I probably saw them the previous week <laughs> and it was like that oh. was the guilt trip exactly <laughs> and there will be guilt trips there will be plenty but yeah. it's it's fighting your battles choosing your battles and saying okay I'm just really not. And I would just sometimes not answer the phone. If I knew, if I knew somebody was trying to break a boundary that I was not sure if I was strong enough to hold it up, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't answer. I just would not have the discussion. And while it seems cowardly, it was what I needed at the time. I needed in that moment because, mm -hmm. you know, just like the person who's on a diet, 
Some people can have a piece of cake in front of them and ignore it as if it doesn't exist. Mm. While somebody else, as soon as they see that cake, that diet goes out the window. So that was my way of removing the quote unquote cake from my presence. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm just not going to answer right now. When I get stronger, I will be able to answer that question. But for now, it's okay. I love it. Since you've been prioritizing your health care with those healthy boundary setting, have you inspired anyone else to set their boundaries as well? Oh, yes. And this is probably my favorite thing. This is why I got into coaching, because other people seeing the change in me. I remember one of my friends being like, why are you trying to go to the gym and eat healthy and all of this other stuff? You don't need to because, you know, of course they didn't want me to keep up my boundaries. They wanted me to be fun and go out and mm -hmm. do all the things. But then once they saw the actual change, it was like, wow, how would you do that? Can I come to the gym with you? What are you eating these days? So it really flipped the switch for both of us. Yeah. And, and that's why I do it because I didn't just say, oh, I thought I was, you know, I didn't need to do this. <laughs> and, and you had all this negative stuff to say. No, I shared. I shared yeah. it. And then and I, I think shared it again. I think that's that's um, the most effective way to really inspire other people is to share your story. For instance, there's this thing called Rise Mushroom Coffee <laughs> that <laughs> that I have been wanting to try for the longest, but I will not try it until I have heard feedback from people that I actually know. <laughs> I don't drink coffee. They have a tea selection as well. But it's supposed to be so good for you and it's supposed to help you get a flatter stomach, have more energy. It has all these good things it puts into your body to make your body work better, improve your gut health. So the same way that you're setting an example, you know, it's, it's similar. And you seem to have gotten the keys to telling people, hey, this is my boundary. I'm not doing this and I'm apologetic about it. Um, how can other people communicate their boundaries effectively while maintaining their positive relationships with their connections? I like the sandwich method. So I love a good sandwich too. Right, right. You say something positive. I would love to help. Then you give the bad news. Right now is not a great time for me. And then you sandwich with something else positive, but get back to me tomorrow and we can reevaluate. We can discuss it again, or I might be available. So that sandwich method has really helped me a lot. Okay. So let's role play. Yep. Let's go with it. Hey, Louisa. Hey. I have something I need you to help me with. Are you uh -oh, available tonight to stop by and help me with it? Oh, Noreen, I love spending time with you, but tonight is not really good. I have this amazing podcast that I have to be on, but if you um hit me up tomorrow, maybe we can see. Oh, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
And then it gives them the thought that you're not blowing them off. You have something that's going on, but you still want to help. You would love to yeah. help, but I can't this moment, but I can another time. Hopefully you're available then. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Now, where and... did you come up with the sandwich method? Oh, uh, it just kind of evolved naturally because, like I said, I've been a people pleaser almost my whole life. So it's like I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. So I would say something to soften the blow. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'd throw in my boundary real quick. And then I wanted to almost hide the boundary a little bit. So then I said something else nice. So it's almost passive aggressive in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. It gets the point across and you keep those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Because it still comes, even though it's a negative thing that, you know, I can't help you. It's still positive because I can help you another time. Let's shift gears for a minute. You talked about your coaching program. And when I looked at it, um, it says it is dedicated to helping professional women find their strength to achieve their optimal state of mental, physical, and spiritual health by prioritizing themselves, creating real lifestyle changes to have lasting transformations and change the world's perception of you. That's a mouthful, but I love it. <laughs> I love it because um, it puts everything right there. This is what I do, and this is why I do it. Yeah. So tell us more specific details on how your people-pleasing influenced your decision to become a coach. Because again, people kept seeing the change in me and I realized that it wasn't just my health that I was able to get into a better state, become healthy, become fit again. It was my whole being that changed my whole aura. And if I can speak life into other women and let them know that they deserve to put themselves first, that they deserve to give themselves love and attention, one, they would be able to have more to actually give to those that they do love in the moments that they share themselves. But also they will shine. They will begin to shine from within. That overwhelm, that frustration, that empty cup doesn't have to be normal everyday life. Right. It never should be. And it's really sad to me that so many of us, especially as women, because we are naturally givers, that we give all and we don't leave anything for us. And we deserve to have something, a lot of something for us. That's true. So when your clients come to you, they, they book in a session with you, what's the first thing that you ask them? Oh, well, we want to know what their quote unquote vision is. And usually it's something physical. I can even think of a client right now where she came to me, she seemed like she had her life all together, the husband, the family, the kids, and, and her career, but she was unhappy because, like me, her clothes were shrinking in size. 
she was going to her doctor's visits and her blood pressure was skyrocketing Mm -hmm. through the roof. And we got to the basis of it where, where are you really? Is it really about how you look? And you dig and find it's really how you feel. It's that confidence. Mm-hmm. And not just in your physical appearance, but your confidence as a person and what you provide to others. And everybody is going to be a little bit different. Not everybody is obviously the same. But I remember she wanted to first focus on changing how she looked. And she reluctantly agreed to trust the process and leave the looks behind. (laughs) We were not focusing on that. And then as we started to shift the mindset and see what she really could accomplish, that's when the weight started falling off. That's Mm. when her blood pressure started to regulate Uh, She didn't take her medication very often, but by the time she went back in three months, she didn't need her medication. She was stabilized. 120 over 80 is the average of where you want to see somebody. Uh, The last blood pressure she told me was maybe 122 over 78. So she was right there. Exactly. And before that, she was... 150s over 90 160 even at one point mm. and it was like this is not good that's a stroke waiting that's to happen scary, yeah that's a scary number so she had to now go and buy smaller clothes yeah yeah and she still had some of her old clothes she she was <laughs> she was holding out but some of them were out of date so she did go shopping and she was so thinking happy <laughs> to have no clothes but it was her mindset and that's really where we start we start yeah. with the mindset and yeah you filled her up from the inside and so the outside just followed suit yes exactly yeah I love that and I love that that's what you provide for your clients because it seems like you just really stick with them throughout their entire journey yeah my goal is to be their biggest cheerleader and formulate an action plan with them. I'm going to meet you where you're at. It's not about, this is my program. I need you to meet me here before I'm willing to work with you. No, we're going to put it together, together. Because just like with my patients, you're not going to follow a plan if you're not involved in creating the plan because it doesn't mean it's going to make sense to you. Just because it makes sense to me, that may not fit your life. Just Mm. like if you're talking about, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds, but you're saying I don't have a stable home to live in. Um, (laughs) The 20 pounds kind of goes out the window. If I'm telling somebody I want you to quit smoking, but they're in an abusive relationship, Smoking is not their priority. No. Their safety is. Safety, for sure. Yeah, that hierarchy of needs. So I'm always going to meet them where they are at. 
and we're going to create together. So you don't subscribe to like a three month or a six month program. You kind of work within it, but then you can adjust accordingly. Yes. So actually I do have a three month program, but because I work closely with them, we're still formulating together. We're together for that three months and your program is your program. It's not going to be Noreen, Angie, Jessica have identical programs and all they see is this program. No, we're talking. We are reevaluating. We are reassessing together because like I said, this is a team effort. I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader, but you have to show up because I can't do the work for you. Absolutely. That sounds like a really solid program. And I think it's very beneficial for people to really be a part of the process because that's when they put in the most work, when they feel like, okay, you know what? I can do this. She's with me. I'm not doing it by myself. You know, if I need her, she's there. She told me accountable. So I can do this. So I'm I'm glad that you're there for them in that way. That's really cool. So before we close, what advice would you give to someone that recognizes um, they struggle with people pleasing and they want to start setting those healthier boundaries? As always, start small and create boundaries within yourself. Make promises to you and it'll make it easier for you to realize where you need to put the boundaries up for other people. Because Mm -hmm. if I'm just flapping around in the wind, I don't have any structure, then, okay, how am I going to put up a boundary with somebody if I don't have anything going on? And not that you need to be doing something all the time, but just knowing where your focus is, having some kind of, because your focus could be, I'm relaxing today and I'm staying at home and I'm not doing anything outside of my house. That's fine. If that is your boundary for that day, so be it. But it's just having some kind of focus. And again, you don't have to go big or go home. Small, small changes, small boundaries, build upon that, work that muscle and just create a safe space for yourself. I love it. My boundaries in your example of staying in, that's all winter. (laughs) I am an island girl. I hate winter. I hate (laughs) anything that dips past 60 degrees. It's unheard of in my world. My body doesn't function. My mood is not right. So I'm like, just please, you have to be super important for me to come out of my house, especially if there's snow. And you're (laughs) in New York. So you know about that snow. We're in Illinois. So let me tell you, the snow might be similar. (laughs) I think you have it worse. I don't because even know the link how. Effects. Yeah. 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 I've been hearing that. My husband had told me it's colder here in Illinois than it is in Maryland. And I'm like, but you guys get that freezing rain and those ice storms. I don't think we've ever had an ice storm. Yeah, we, we get ice storms sometimes. Yeah. I don't want any parts of it. So my boundary <laughs> is, please, if we can talk face to face, let's do a Zoom call. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. (laughs) So Louisa, where can people find you on your social media platforms? 
Sure, not a problem. You can find me on my website, louisavalentine.coach or on most of my social medias, Coaching with Louisa. That's Facebook. That's where I'm mostly at. Instagram, LinkedIn, all the things. And uh, I would love to offer a complimentary session to anyone listening, just a discovery call. If you would just like to see where you can transform your health and your life. Yeah, I think starting now with you would be good because it's coming the end of the year, it's fall. It would be good to start setting your goals for next year now so that you can go right into it. You know, some people wait till the new year to start setting those smart goals. But I think why not set the goal the year before and start on it? That way you can go into the new year fabulous. I love of waiting it. for the new year to happen. You can go into the new year fabulous. You can step out in your gold shimmery dress and, you know, show it all off. Okay, Maybe Maureen. not here in Illinois because it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you're showing off is your figure because you're definitely putting your legs out there for sure. <laughs> we have no chill in New York. We will go out in whatever, any time of year. Really? Yeah. It's it's I see crazy. people put the tights on. Now, I have had some thick tights that I was like, okay, this can work. My legs are still warm. But, you know, I've been wanting to try those fishnet tights. You know, those little decorative ones that maybe not the fishnet fishnets because, you know, they get a bad <laughs> name. <laughs> I won't tell anybody. Go ahead. Get a pair. <laughs> no. Mm -mm. I'll get something else. <laughs> Oh, Lisa, thank you so much for this conversation. I think people-pleasing is such a topic that we need to really talk a lot more about because we do it. And sometimes we're not even conscious that we're doing it. When you're giving in to stuff, you know, you're people-pleasing. And when you don't really put yourself first, you've people-pleased. And now you're going to, like you said in the beginning, you started to get resentful towards other people because you gave in to them. Yeah, But we have to hold ourselves accountable for that. So I'm really glad that you wanted to bring this topic to the forefront. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. And again, thank you for having me and sharing your beautiful platform. And I hope your beautiful listeners get some value out of this conversation. Oh, I am quite certain they will. And we may have to um, have you on again for another topic because I really like this one. I love it. I love it. And I will definitely be back as long as you have me of course absolutely well we'll talk soon peace yes, and blessings thank you for supporting this episode i hope you've been inspired and motivated so you can elevate your life if you've enjoyed this episode please subscribe so you're kept in a loop when a new one drops you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcasting platform. I want to engage with you, so let me know what you think by giving the episode a rating, writing a review, or leaving a voice message, and I can share them in an upcoming episode. Now remember to also share this with your tribe. Until next time, remember, overcoming adversity not only teaches us a lot about ourselves, others, and life but also gives us the opportunity to be reminded of our own power and strength. So don't be afraid to share your story. And when you're ready to do so, email saveoursisters2020 at gmail.com.